0: Um, this is our first series titled Empowering No Contributors. And the aim of this series is we want to ensure that beyond just contributing, that contributors are also putting themselves out there and leveraging the benefits and advantages of contributing to open source. So to kickstart ta- kick this series, um, we're going to be kickstarting this series rather with this session titled Recognizing Your Value as a Contributor in the Open Source Ecosystem. And with us today is an amazing lady. She's the director at Noom Foundation Board and her name is Regina Nkecho. Please, a round of applause for her. to, To give you a round of applause, just kindly react with your favorite emoji. I'm going to be bringing up Regina. Hello, Regina, kindly confirm that you can hear me. Hi, Phoebe, can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you loud and clear. Okay, okay so just kindly, I know I already did like a little introduction about you, so I'm guessing I might, I might have missed out, missed out on some things. So just kindly introduce yourself, you know, tell us what you do. Yeah, okay. Uh, thank you for having me on this space. So my name is Regina uh, Nkenshaw. I'm a Nigerian, um, but not based in Nigeria at the moment. Um uh, I'm based in Sweden. I am currently um, a director at the Gnome Foundation board, currently serving at the, as the board vice president. Um, what else? Uh, I work uh, as a software engineer by day. I'm also a founder of a nonprofit, um, Kids Africa. Um, I think that this summarizes everything I am at the moment. Um, except possibly there's other things that you'd want to know. Awesome. Thank you for sharing with us, Regina. Okay, so I'm going to start with this question, which I'll be asking all the speakers that would come on any of our spaces. So what inspired you to become like an open source contributor and how has your journey evolved over time? Mm, I think that I will start by saying that um, I was um, an open source user um, at the early stage of my career, but I didn't understand that the concept. Um, I didn't understand the concept of open source at the time. So, um, I uh, at a point in my career, I had an opportunity to lecture, um, as a lecturer, and I was basically taking courses in Linux administration and database administration as well. Part of those courses required that I teach students how to um, use Linux tools and. Um, most of the Linux tools were basically open source, but I didn't understand the concept at the time. Um, so I uh, I got more like fascinated with the desktop on the Linux OS, and so I had uh, been you know more like wishing to understand more about how desktop application within Linux operating system was basically built, right? Um, So I think um, that was, I can't remember the exact year right now, but I just had more like a new year resolution to do something different that particular year. And um, I stumbled on a Linux desktop um, user group. So I was very excited. That's mainly because I had been working with Linux um, in my career at that time. Um, And they needed some sort of volunteers for an event that was supposed to happen in Spain. Um, that was the first time um, I decided to volunteer. And that's mainly because I just saw Linux de- desktop OS. And because I've been using free Linux desktop um, as part of my tools, I I just joined. And I I emailed the uh, particular lady that I would like to volunteer for that particular event. And they, basically, that's how my journey started. Then I, I came to find out that at the time that that particular event was co-sponsored um, by Gnome and the KDE Foundation. And these two organizations are Linux, uh, free Linux text, desktop organizations. So um, that's basically how my journey started. Uh, I think I would say, fortunately, the lady that I, I spoke to is, uh, was friendly, and she was within the Gnome Foundation um, board at the time. So I I decided to join in and found out that every tool i had been using to lecture at the time were open source. So I had been using open source tool, but I didn't really understand the concept at the time. So I was excited, and because Linux desktop was something that I really wanted to be part of, I just joined in and and I started contributing to GNOME. So um, taking the part, how did it evolve over time? So I started mainly by um, understanding what the community was about and where I could really contribute my time and then I was doing I was lecturing and I knew that I wouldn't have the time to contribute to code so I basically asked about other ways to contribute to become more like um, a contributor in the Gnome Foundation and I found that they had other ways like engagement uh, which basically was about user outreach and event creation That sounded really good to me because that's not something I would do originally. Like I wouldn't, I really don't know how to host events or even speak to user groups of a particular product. And I felt like that's something that I want to learn at the time. So I basically started um, hosting events, joining to host events within the Gnome Foundation, Gwadek and all of that. And so it evolved into, I realized that uh, there were no Africans within the Gnome Foundation at the time. They had about two Africans that was interest that I was introduced to, but they were not really active, and they gave their own concerns as well at the time and so I took it up upon myself to basically um, establish a, a, a gnome chapter within the African space and begin to build the community the best way i can so then that evolved into you know picking up leadership role and basically being at the forefront to see that gnome um, as um, some level of presence within the Um, African space, and from there I uh, was fortunate enough to um, um, apply for the GNOME board. I think this is my second time on the GNOME board, my second term. So I applied for the first time, and I was um, elected as the first African um, in over twenty-two years of GNOME um, on the board, and that's basically evolved into the GNOME Foundation changing few things like adding stuffs like um, diverse into their uh, theme just to show that we are looking for di- diversity and that also advanced into a, a whole lot of things beginning to look into what Africa can do within the Gnome space so it, it has been quite a lot of journey <laughs> um, but mainly it has it basically started as just me wanting to learn about engagement and how I could um, you know, improve my skills um, in a way that I would not originally do within re- user groups and um, outreach and event creation, yeah. Wow, it's been an amazing and an impressive journey. Well done, Regina, well done. So I read something and what struck me most about that article was the part where... It said, one way to contribute to open source is to be a great user of open source products. And it's really great to know that you started out your open source journey as a user of an open source product. So it's it's really impressive and inspiring. Okay. So let's go down to the basis of this topic, recognizing your value as a contributor, right? Yes. So how do you define the value of open source contributions and why do you think like it's really important that we open source contributors like recognize this value? I think that the old concept first of open source um, is um, one thing that a contributor should know about. What is the old concept of open source? What does it mean? To be an open source contributor, I think it's important that you know that first, being an open source contributor means that you are going to be helping to promote innovation, um, knowledge sharing, and you know, community collaboration within the products that you are um, engaging in. So, if you understand first the whole idea of open source and what it brings to the table, not to you first, but to the open source ecosystem you could from there begin to pick out your own value so if you understand that contributing to open source is contribute contributing to something bigger than yourself you're contributing to an ecosystem where uh, that would drive you know more innovation within the open source ecosystem that would drive people to learn more about different tools to be able to you know per- perform the everyday tasks and you know build more creative software you would begin to find your own niche and where you would be valuable. So I will give an example of myself, you know, like I said, I started using Linux as a lecturer at the time before even becoming, right? And open, before even becoming a contributor at the GNOME project. So by the time I got to the GNOME project and I understood that what I had been doing was, was that I was a user, I'm not necessarily new, it helped me to basically find where i would be valuable and found where my interest to be more appreciated so if you understand the concept and understanding that being a user of the open source tool first makes you part of the ecosystem so you are not necessarily like i I see people feel like i I want to contribute to open source and it seems as though oh i'm just new in open source if you like myself was a user before you became a contributor, you would place yourself in a place where I have used this product for quite some time. I can contribute to X, Y, Z of this product improvement. And in you contributing, then you are also helping You know the knowledge, share, whether even if it's documentation you are doing, whether you're creating an event, whatever it is that you're doing, you are aware of why you're doing it. And that's where you would, you know you would raise your head up high to know that you are doing something bigger than yourself yeah wow wow amazing thank you for sharing regina okay so this leads me to my next question so as a newcomer right i think if there is something that most new contributors face and i also did face that like when i Started with contributing to Norm, like, was that imposter syndrome? you get mm-hmm. so? How do you think that as a newcomer, like, you can overcome this imposter syndrome and you know start recognizing the value that we bring to open source projects? I think, it, uh, t- well, let me first say thank you for the question because I think the concept of input, imposter syndrome comes um, um, first from you not basically knowing who you are, and that's where value comes in, that's where. That's where understanding what open source is comes in. And that's where you begin to drill down into your personality. So for instance, if you know what open source is about first, that it is bigger than what you think of yourself, that it is you putting in your time, right, into something um, that is going to basically impact a particular product and in turn impact the user group of that product globally you would see that when you begin to contribute, you would see yourself as a valuable entity to that uh, project. And over time, imposter, imposter syndrome will begin to drop. Now, one thing I feel like what happens when it comes to imposter syndrome, and I know that I've had cases and you know unique stories, but first you need to understand the concept of open source. Second, you need to understand why am I here? What am I going to be doing here? And then thirdly, you need to spell out your goals what do you want to achieve in this particular community that you are contributing to? So for me at the time, like I said, I'm able to remain in the Gnome Project because I was clear from the beginning what I want to do within the Gnome Project. And it hasn't changed. If you look at everything I've been doing over time, it has been within engagement, user outreach, community. I have not done, let me say, anything different from this. And so if I'm asked to talk about my contributions, I don't have to write it down. I know what I've done. I know when I did them. I know the year I did them. So because of this, I can I can give a story that would be impactful because I'm aware of what I'm doing. And I understand that the value that I'm bringing into that particular community. So I think that imposter syndrome will begin to basically die gradually if you understand what you're doing in that community, why you're in that community and what it transcends to to the overall open source ecosystem, you would you know, over time begin to find yourself more um, valuable in the open source ecosystem and the community that you're contributing to as well. Awesome, thank you for sharing Regina. Okay, so this leads me to my, this leads me rather to my next question. Right so in your view how do you think that open source contributors can better communicate the value of their work to both like the open source community and to potential employers because i think if there is one thing to, that a lot of open source contributors face is not knowing how to even include their work experience in their cv or their portfolio like their work experience like in the open source space they are like scared of okay have i really like does my con- does this contribution count And all of that. So, how do you think that they can better communicate the value of their work to like open source community and also to potential employers? Well, I think that first it still goes back to the path where I said before going into any project that you want to contribute to, you need to understand the whys. Why am I doing this in the first place? See, if you understand why you are doing a thing, you can easily talk about it. apart from the fact that there, there's GitHub, there's LinkedIn and there's Twitter that you can share your story about the things you've done, right? And you can write about it and you can showcase your portfolio as well. You would come to a point in any any interview space where you would need to speak about the things you've done. You would need to speak about how you've been able to bring more like value into that particular thing that you're doing. And the... the, the holistic view of what you have done so it's basically around um, you being able to you know give yourself a time to understand why am I here what am I doing here and what have I learned here and what, what am I learning so if you're able to have a matrix of the things you've learned what you're learning and what you want to learn you can easily talk about it you can easily you know share your portfolio and be you know brave enough to discuss about what your portfolio is and how you've been able to trans to to transit a particular project from, from a to z or from a to b depending on what you've done so for instance like i said when i started i started as a more like someone that just wanted to contribute to um, a linux text, desktop ecosystem i wanted to be part of the the linux text, desktop e- ecosystem and i wanted to see that you know, we have more people within, you know, uh, not just people within Europe and U.S. contribute to it because uh, diverse design also has a lot to tell about how a UI interface is, right? I wanted to see that Africans were also giving in their own contribution to the GNOME project. Because I knew what I wanted to do, I tilted my contribution around where I would talk about it and, you know, possibly over time bringing people that would begin to do code development and all of that within the, you know, Linux, um, the Gnome shell rather. So now if I'm asked to talk about this, I can talk about it. Why? Because I understand what I wanted to do. I understand why I'm doing it. And I understand what my contribution I've done today, not just within the Linux desktop ecosystem, but within the Gnome project as well. So it's, it still drills down to your why's and knowing what you want to learn what you are learning and what you would still learn and being able to effectively tell your story in the platforms that you have and you know share your portfolios as well amazing understanding your why's interesting thank you for sharing with us regina like that was really something i took out that before you come into like any open source project you must first understand your reason for being there like why do you want to contribute to that project and that is basically what will help us like transcend into you know becoming better contributors and helping us effectively like tell our stories and communicate the value that we bring thank you so much so if you're just joining us i can see new faces i can see vala and also tech babe i can also see zara thank you guys for joining us We are talking about recognizing the value contributors bring to the open source ecosystem. Okay, so Regina, this leads me to my next question, yeah? Because I know that every road is definitely paved with challenges, yeah? So what are the challenges that you faced as an open source contributor? And how have these challenges contributed to your growth and recognition like in the open source ecosystem? Um, thank you so much for that question. I think um, one of the challenges I faced was being able to communicate my um, pain points um, as someone from African descent in a in a foundation where there had not been so you know people like myself there for for so long. Um, it was it was draining at a time. That's to be sincere because you know. Um, it's a different thing when you are in a community that is uh, diverse from the beginning. There's a different story. Then you have people like yourself. Then you can communicate your pain points a bit more clearly and possibly people like yourself will understand you. But in my case, I was, I was bringing in um, a community that i never been in Africa. And I was being, also, acting as a leader as well at the time. And I needed to make them see that there is a gap here and this, we need to fix this gap. So it was quite, let me use the word frustrating at the beginning, because I felt like I wasn't being heard. But as I began to evolve in that particular community, that's the Grum Project, I began to learn more about effective communication and that there are different ways that you can communicate your pains in a way that the next party will understand. And if you are, for instance, from from you know, Nigeria or be- within Africa, you would understand that there are certain perceptions that are, around africans that people with would think that when you're trying to communicate your pain you might come off at as maybe you are being even aggressive when you are just actually just explaining stuff so i had to learn because i'm now speaking to people that are not within we with, that are not within african descent i had to learn how to you know if I try to communicate with you verbally and you don't understand it, I send a message. I explain myself a bit more. I bring forth reasons. So one of, one of the things I did was when I realized that, that I was finding it difficult to communicate my 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 pains within the GNOME Foundation, I began to do research and you know at, within the community. I took uh, you know surveys. I asked questions within the user group in the community and. I, I presented to the board that, look, this is the metrics of what we are having. We are not diverse in this community, and we need to do something about it. And immediately they saw the data presentation. They began to tilt towards the the, the, the things I was talking about, and they began to see how can we make changes, how can we bring in more people. So it's basically communicating my pain points is one of the challenges I faced but that basically also helped me to be a better communicator and this is these are other skills you can actually gain as well from you know being an open, you know contributing to open source because you get to speak to different people from diverse places and you get to learn how to effectively communicate with them so now it's a different story now cuz i have been able to learn how to you know channel my pain into games you know in a way that it brings forth you know good you know good result for me at the end of the day and I think the other challenge I faced was mainly um I would use the word imposter syndrome at the beginning because like I said I came in at a time when there were no Africans within the Gnome Foundation there were so many you know things going on in the community at the time but as I began to grow and I understood especially when I got voted for for the first time I more like channeled my energy into bringing in my best to the community and just keeping aside the things that were not necessary I call them not necessary because they were not really emotionally affecting me at the time I felt like I could still thrive in the community and just putting those things aside and I said I would say that these two areas basically yeah I was able to look at where my problems was coming from and if they were avoidable so this is the community themselves um, uh, and some other people would have issues with people from people like myself coming into this kind of space. but being in the leadership position more like gave me a leverage because um, we get to make the rules, we get to decide on what needs to be done and so and as long as people within the leadership position values my contribution somehow you know o- over time the user group will come along. So I, I, I mean, like, I shifted my focus from what was the problem to how I can solve the problem. And that's changed a lot of things over time, even on, up until that. Hmm. Hmm. Amazing. Thank you for sharing, Regina. I think I totally agree with the part where you said something about, like, being able to effectively communicate because this, this same issue of communication was what hindered um my contributions when i wanted to contribute to chaos africa like i got into the community i was scared okay what if i reach out to this person and i get ignored and all of that but then when i took the bull by the horn and i joined the gnome community i told myself okay i was going to like eliminate this issue of okay fear like wanting to reach out and immediately i reached out i got a positive response and that was how I started leading like the North Africa community just by reaching out and effectively communicating what I wanted to do. And that was it. So thank you for sharing, Regina. Like that was really insightful. So this leads me to my second to last question because I currently have a timer on and we are five minutes ahead. Okay. So, you you know, at the beginning, you said something about effective storytelling and that caught my attention. So this leads me to the question I want to ask you now. What strategies did you like put in place to communicate and promote your open source contributions? And how has that helped you gain recognition within the ecosystem? Um, I think that, uh, uh, um, um, and thanks for that question. I, I think now is even more better. Let me use the word now, it's more better because now there's, um, after during 2020 COVID, you know, the whole rise in um, storytelling and all of that, you know, it really, really improved. But when I basically started my open source contribution, it was mainly within the GNOME um, um, foundation um, um, tools that I basically used to tell my story. So I, I used the discourse channel, you know, and I also use GitLab as well to basically make my contribution and I wasn't really doing much around other platforms maybe not so much on LinkedIn right but now it's a different ball game here yeah, as to when I started it's a different ball game um and another thing is that the gnome project I would say is some sort of a unique project where the user groups are not on you know popular social media platforms So, for instance, you might be a Gnome contributor and be active on Twitter, and you might not actually be seen because the user groups are within the channels, the metrics channels. The user group are within their discourse channels. So, many of them are not coming out into, you know, popular platforms. So, I would say first, understand the project that you are are contributing to, number one, and leverage the tools that, you know, they use to basically raise your contribution. If you have done anything, go into their channels, talk about it, ask questions, be known. And don't assume that every contributor is on Twitter or every contributor is on LinkedIn. You need to understand your projects, um, uh, 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 your projects communication um, channels and use them effectively. Now that's the part one. The part two is now, bringing out those things that you have done out into the you know global channels like the most popular channels like linkedin like twitter like writing a blog post on medium so you have to do this too you know hand in hand so that just for example if they if, if they even if even an, if, if an, a recruiter sees your work and you say for example oh i'm contributing to the gnome project and they they try to discuss with somebody within the community that is not on Twitter, for instance. Somehow your name will ring a bell because you have been, you know, contributing within the you know the community itself, right? That is another thing I think we should. Um, it's important for us to do. So I'll give an example. When I when I started first within the gnome, and these were just the things I did. Always communicating the sla- in the metrics channel. Always, you know, giving my contribution there. When I decided to come out come out for the board uh, for the first time, I was shocked at the people that voted. That's mainly because I I was I, I didn't I, I didn't expect that so many people knew that I existed like that. So it's important that you understand your community channel, use them effectively, and then come out to the global space um, as well, yeah. Very insightful. Thank you for sharing, Regina. So if there's one thing that I picked up from what you said, like being able to like communicate. Communication is really an important skill that I feel like Every open source contributor should have and should learn being able to effectively, like, both verbally and you know, communicate what you're doing, like, put it out there, go on the platforms, like she said. You need to be able to recognize the main platform that most of those community members are in, go there, put out what you do, like, just basically storytelling, putting out yourself out there. Thank you for sharing regina so this leads me to my last question right um, i know that open source can be like if it's not even it can like open source is a life-changing journey so what advice would you give to newcomers who are just like beginning to contribute to open source projects and may not fully recognize their potential um yeah thank you for that question i think the advice i would give is basically um an advice i would give to myself if i were to start today right i would say that it's just um try to take a step back to understand why you're doing what you're doing see i've seen um cases where people have done so many things but they can't even talk about the things they've done because this ability to take a step back, to understand why you you are doing was not there at the beginning. And it's always good to go with the flow, like go with something that is trending. But I would say go with something that that is trending with your head straight, right? So if open source contribution is trending and you want to be part of it, you need to be aware what you are part of. You can't jump into an ocean and start looking for a life jacket when you are in the ocean already, you will drown, right? But if you look for a life jacket and you no know, more like make provision for a life, life jacket before you j- jump into the ocean, tendencies that you would float, right? You would not mission. So first thing is try to understand. Okay, open source is trending, and I want to be part of this open source thing. Self, what is open source? Why am I doing it? Is this really something I want to do? That's number one. Number two, what do I want to learn in this open source thing? Is there something that I would like to do that I would, you know, that I want to learn? Number two, you think that. Where would I like to learn this thing? So if you want to learn about community building, you want to learn about developing your code skill, right? Where, which project can I contribute to that would enhance this particular gap that I have in my knowledge that I want to learn uh, rather uh, more on? Now, when you put that in place, then you go into the community and you begin to, you know, try to observe the community, reach out to people, look for the newcomer's channel for that community. Introduce yourself. My name is Soso, I'm from here, and I would like to join this community. Please, are there other things I'd like to know? Go to their website, read more about getting involved and what it takes for you to be a newcomer and who to reach out to. The good thing about open source communities is that their names are like very spelled out and you can search them out on the internet. If they are open on LinkedIn, you know, reach out. I'd love to communicate, uh, contribute to this um, you know, um, um, community and I lack XYZ knowledge, please help me out. And that's basically how you start. And then always, I would say, challenge yourself to take the things you've learned, maybe on a monthly basis or even quarterly. Because if you if you put this down and you effect intentionally put them down, if you would speak to anybody, even if it's subconsciously, you would find yourself saying the things you've done, and they will be amazed, right? And also, of course, you would have an evidence for it. So, an evidence is important. Evidence is your, your 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 portfolio. That's very important. Evidence is the activities, the story, the stories you are telling. But it also boils down to you. Uh, I would say, really take time out, take a step back to really understand why do you want to do this? Another thing I think that I I would say is if you're coming into open source and you have a full-time job and you want to use that to basically increase your, maybe your financial status or you want to use that to increase your skill, whatever it is, you have to know how to prioritize effectively. How can you prioritize in a way that you would not affect your full-time job while you're still contributing and making the value, the impacts that you want to uh, basically make in that particular project or in that particular community. So it's it's very, very important that you, um, you know, you know, put all of this down intentionally and also bring yourself to a place of knowledge enough for the things that you are doing, for the things that you want to do and how you would, you know, eventually do them. Yeah, I think that's it. That's Amazing. Thank you so much, Regina, for sharing. Like it's really been an insightful session so far. Thank you so much. I think when I joined Gnome Africa, yeah, one of the things that I told myself that I wanted to do was to increase my capacity in the area of managing open source communities because this was like totally a new space to me. And guys, I can tell you that since I started like this journey into managing the GNOME Africa community, it has really helped me improve my communication skill, the way that I collaborate with other people, you know? And like, these are like just a few tangible benefits that you can gain from being actively involved in the open source ecosystem. So thank you so much, Regina. Cause Regina right here, she, like she made me coming into GNOME, she made it very seamless for me. And I was able to just reach out to her and she responded immediately. So the part where she said, that like being able to like communicate and reach out is really an important factor if you want to get started in contributing to any open source project. Like really important. So this is the part where I open the floor to you, our amazing participants, to like come on stage. If you have like any burning questions, this is the time where you can just grab the mic and also ask. And if you also want me to do you the honors of asking the questions on your behalf, just kindly drop it in the comment box session and it will be a pleasure for me to do it on your behalf. So this session is supposed to run for 10 minutes. Yeah, so I'll be waiting for mic requests and also checking the comment box session to see if there's any message. So I'm just waiting, you can just grab the mic and come on stage to ask your question. I can also see new faces in the house. Hello Samsung. Hello, Tedri, Hello, Nna Emeka. Nolibo, Um, and Josh. You guys are welcome. Thank you guys so much for joining. in. so I have a request from Chekube Peters. So I'm just going to go on ahead and approve. Hello, Chekube. Can you confirm that you can hear me? Hello, Chakube, can you hear me?
1: Yeah, sure, I can hear you. Good evening,
0: hey, awesome. everybody. So just kind- yeah, good evening. So just kindly introduce yourself, tell us what you do, and then go ahead to ask your question. Thank okay.
1: you. Um, good evening, everybody. My name is Jakube Peters. Uh, uh, I'm a designer. Okay, so um, I'm also part of the Genome Africa volunteer team. Uh, I'm the design lead. So, um... This is for the interest of those that has been asking me how does um, open source give us uh, benefits or something like what does one gain to, um, to be part of open source. So I'm really um, uh, curious to ask Regina about this. Okay, so do, do is there any Um, physical or should I say material or payment uh, for being part of um, open source because people have been asking me this question and trying to explain it to them my own way has been, um, should I say, it has been fruitless. It does not yield any fruit of convincing them about open source. So I don't know if you can throw light on that. The the things you gain um, for participating in open source
0: um, okay. Um, as at the time when I started, uh, I'm you there are other people here. Um, I started as a volunteer at first, and so basically my gains were basically um, not financial at the time. But as I began to progress, um, I had other gains. Like for instance, if you in the GNOME, um, if you contribute to GNOME, you eventually become a member, and if you if you a, a GNOME member, you are um, your events. Um, if you get to attend any events or you get to do anything within open source, will be taken care of by the Google Foundation Board. So you get to you get to travel. Um, that's one thing. And then you get to also, of course, improve your skills in the areas that you have decided that you want to improve your skills in. But now things have basically changed, yeah? Um, because now there are other mm-hmm. programs, like there, there's Outreachy, there's GSOC, there's Google Se- Season of Dog. There are other programs, uh, that are going on that are even paid at the moment. So I would say that um, depending on what you are, uh, uh, the people you are connecting to, that will tell you how you can leverage these opportunities. So even within the, for instance, the Gnome Project, there are areas like Outreachy, there, there, there's G, GSOC that is paid, right? And there's Google Season of, of doc. And even right now at the moment, we are working on a global program, which was... Um, which came out, out of um, the Oscar first that we are part of. Thank thank you to Sam So that's basically that collaboration that we did is something that we are working on within GNOME, that we are now doing a global inclusive initiative where we want to basically bring uh, the global GNOME community together and support them to be able to, you know, do more uh, um, outreach within the GNOME project. So there are other things that will come up within the GNOME project, but I would say that, you should not limit yourself and confine yourself um, to not leverage other opportunities that you have out there within the open source ecosystem. That's why communities are important. Getting involved and getting connected to you know to other people. Um, one of the things I will say here that we are working on within North Africa is to have more like um, a boot camp program um, where we could help Africans get into the gnome gsoc begin to work into the work real time on the gnome shell and also outreachy. so openly i would say that we get application for people from africa for outreachy within gnome but there is something that is lacking in those applications that's like not not so many people understand um our code base within the gnome shell and now to basically participate in gnome so we we are planning to have more like a boot camp where we can you know show people our code base i know and help you to understand how you can begin to contribute within the gnome project and this is basically why most applications that comes from africa gets rejected and that's mainly because there is no skills so even right now we uh, we have a project ongoing which is basically that was approved within the german government for gnome and they are recruiting people for linux People that are able to do things on Linux desktop and all of that. And it's a whole lot of money. And I really would love Africans to be part of this particular um, stuff that we got. But, you know, like I said, unfortunately, there is less skills within our space that understands basically how the GNOME shell works and how they can begin to work within the GNOME desktops and the infrastructure that we have, and which is basically what this funding covers. So because of this, we are working with the global community to see how we can help people within, you know, um, Africa and Asia to basically understand what we have at the back end of code and how you can begin to contribute to different of this um, of these tools. So I'll take for example when we had the last event at Guaden, we had so many people that came from I think India that basically did uh, more on this particular last GSOC that happened. And most of them said they were just they just came into GNOME for three months and they began to work within the back end what we have at the back end and and made the application after three months and they were accepted so we know the gaps now and we are trying to see how we can create more space and opportunity for people to be able to become contributors of them but i would say don't also limit yourself connect to people and you know leverage opportunities that you find on the internet um, around open source yeah
1: thank you very much thank you very much
0: so, Chekube, I hope your question was answered.
1: Yeah, sure. She did good in answering them. Thank you very much. I appreciate
0: it. Awesome. Awesome. Okay, so before we take the last question from Tech Babe, I can see some new faces in the house. You guys are welcome. Thank you for joining in. So we started a series called Empowering Open Source Contributors. And this is the first session that we are having. So our spaces are scheduled to hold bi-weekly every month, the first and third Thursday of every month. So you guys would be seeing more of us here on Twitter Spaces. Okay, so this is where I hand the mic over to Tech Babe. So just kindly introduce yourself, tell us what you do, and then go ahead to ask your question. Thank you. Okay, hi, everyone. Good evening. Can everyone hear me? sure we can can hear you loud and clear yeah it's not a question it's actually more like an appreciation to regina i just want to tell her thank you okay first i'm faith ninja and um, i'm a front end developer a technical writer and also a community manager now you know we've been hearing of open source open source open source in fact i'm different open source community but then i've not really gotten the reason why i'm really into open source of course I know it's to contribute right but there was something Regina said she talked about stepping back to NOAA and that that got me and I just want to say thank you like how do I put it now trying to know the metrics that way you'll be able to tell your story even better so I just want to say thank you to Regina thank you so much thank you for this space thank you thank you so much for sharing faith thank you so much for your feedback Okay, so I think this is where we'd call it a stop on asking questions because it's currently 6.50 and we are very firm on ending the spaces in, an hour, in rather 10 minutes time. Okay, so if you have like any insights that you want to share based on this topic, like you have any thoughts related to recognizing your value as an open source contributor, just kindly come like just request for the mic and I'll bring you up on stage so we'll just be taking the first person to request for the mic and then would summarize and call it a day so is there anybody who wants to come on stage and share their thoughts we are waiting you can also use the comment box session to just drop and I would be pleased to read it out on your behalf Okay, we have Ozzy. Hello, Ozzy. Kindly confirm that you can hear me. Hello, Ozzy. Can you hear me?
1: Hello, everyone.
2: Can you hear me?
0: Yes, I can hear you, Ozzy. So just kindly go ahead, introduce yourself, tell us what you do, and you know, then you can go ahead to share.
2: Okay, that's fantastic. Good evening, everyone. My name is Ozzy from Nigeria, and I'm happy to be here. My question is... Um, is, is for someone who wants to join... An open source community, but the person has a smartphone. So because you know that if you want to advocate for an open source project, you should you should be grounded with um, with the use of the of the products. So this person has a smartphone and he desires to be part of um, open source ecosystem, but he doesn't have PC. So, is that possible for such person to to join an open source project? Thank you.
0: Thank you for asking, Ozzy. So, Regina, do you want to take that? I also have something to share. Like, based on this question, Ozzy asked. Hello, Regina. Can you hear me? Oh, yeah. You you can you can share that first, and then. Um, Yeah, okay. So, okay, thank you, Regina. So Ozzy, based on what you said, like you have, or rather the person has like just a smartphone and the person wants to like advocate for an open source community. So I think that shouldn't even be like a limiting factor because one way you can even start advocating for any open source product is by talking about them. It could be on any of your social media handles, like just using your smartphone and writing about them like do you get so that's even like one way to advocate you necessarily do not need a laptop even though that like if you have a laptop it's it's fine it's amazing but that's one way you can start so don't just limit yourself and you know take a pause because you do not have access to a system Mm -mm, you can start by like even giving them a shout out talking about them and finding ways that you can join the community and contribute. Even if though like, okay, for example, the work we do as community managers is something that you can just, with, with the help of your smartphone, you necessarily do not need like big tech guests you get. So that's one way you come in moderate Twitter spaces for the community Like, these are just, like, few ways you can come in and start contributing. Then as time goes on and you have the resources to, you know, purchase the system, then you can even now dive deeper into, like, main contributions. But in essence, I'm saying don't just take a pause or limit yourself because you do not have a system. Like, nah, don't do that. So, Regina, kindly share. Well, I think you've said it all. uh, But I would say that I think if we genuinely asked most um tech people that came out of um uh let me use the let me say Nigeria for instance I think most of us started with either a very very bad laptop (laughs) you know when he was speaking I was just thinking of my first laptop and how horrible it was and how I would have to you know um, have something old on the flex so that the laptop can basically be okay for me to work with and at the time I was even lecturing. So so I didn't have like the best tools when I started. And that's basically why I would say I, I keep appreciating what open source has done, right? So why I feel that a laptop is important as well, there are um, other ways, other non-code ways you can communicate. So, and these channels are, have mobile platforms that you can go and basically ask questions and all of those things like that and begin to make your contribution And if you have an opportunity, right, to get a laptop, don't be carried away with a very big and expensive laptop. Start up with something that you can afford that is usable and begin to basically make your contributions. Yeah, like I said, when he was speaking, I was just thinking about my first and I was laughing at myself, like, you know, but it's it's a different story. And I think many people have their stories about their first laptops, about how they started in tech and all of that. And create your own story own your story be happy about your own journey and everything else will be beautiful amazing so ozzy i hope that answered your question
2: yes thank you so much and one other thing that i i forgot to mention is that i am part of known under community
0: management, and it's been a great time doing some stuff here. Amazing. Yes, Ozzy has been really instrumental, like, in managing the North Africa community. So, shout out to you, Ozzy, And also, we have Chekube right here in the house for all the amazing designs that you see us put out here on Twitter, on LinkedIn. He he designs, like, all of that. So, shout out to Chekube as well. Thank you guys so much for, you know, coming and making your own impact in your own little way and big way. So thank you guys so much. So I think this is where we call it a day. So Regina, is there anything like you would want to share like in just three minutes? Um, other than to say thank you, um, um, Phoebe, and everyone that's joined today, I would, I would also say that you've been a very valuable addition um, to the GNOME Committee and the GNOME Africa uh, Committee as well. And it seems as though I've known you like forever. although you stress me a lot, but <laughs> <laughs> I enjoy working with you and you're very, very um you are easy to work with and thank you so much. Thank you, Chekube, for the designs. I was saying to um Phoebe how beautiful your designs are and being able to also adopt what we have within Gnome, and working with the design um, person in the, um, the Gnome global community. That's a very good one. So thank you, Oz. Thank you everyone that has basically um, joined this space to listen and yeah, have a beautiful evening. And also, if you want to get started with contributing to Gnome, just kindly go to our Twitter handle. You'll see our Wiki page. It basically gives you all the information that you need with getting started. And also don't, don't be afraid of reaching out. You can just send us a message Alright, I even send me like a personal message. My handle is ibifiberestima. You can also send either Regina, Ozzy, or Chikube like a message, and you know, ask them questions as to how you can get started. Yeah, and we'll be happy to see you contributing in our community. So, bye, guys.